Just north of the opaque waters of the Fizgig Sea and south of the biting Grimalkin Mountains lies an expansive ancient woodland where gargantuan trees inexplicably grow out of dense black stone. This area is known as Sable Rock Forest. It is home to a variety of diverse creatures. We are new and old, magical and industrial, strange and beautiful, each with peculiar stories to tell. This is one of many tales from Sable Rock Forest. Edgar and I have been on the run together for seven months now, and while I've enjoyed Edgar's company, it's like he sucks the warmth from me while we sleep. I don't know what I expected, I know he's not a big guy, but the first snowfall of the season came last night, and despite practically spooning each other, I woke up shivering in my sleeping bag. Our tent does well enough at keeping the wind out, but it's just not enough to stop that dead sour cold that only midwinter can bring. Hey, Kendra? Yeah, Ed? Uh, where are we going? I heard someone in town say there's a witch that lives out this way. Maybe we should, I don't know, uh, go anywhere else? I just want to see if she can brew us some more sedatives. I think we can handle a quick errand. An errand? Buying these coats this morning was an errand. This is a death wish. Besides, how are we going to pay for it? Maybe she'll be willing to barter. If you have a better idea, Ed, I'm happy to hear it. We're relying on witchcraft now? Are we really that desperate? We are practically criminals already, Ed. Who cares if we break a few more rules to survive? I really don't need sedatives, Kendra. I stop and turn to look at Edgar. He turns away, like he's suddenly uninterested in our conversation. His eyes settle just over my shoulder. Was that house there before? I turn around to see a small green cottage. Moss and vines have overtaken the roof shingles. A porch wraps around the front and sides, and just outside the front door, a porch swing sways gently back and forth. A figure appears in the doorway. I had a feeling someone was coming. Come on in, I have a fire going and I'd hate for it to go to waste. Edgar gives me a look like we should run. I start toward the cottage, and Edgar follows quietly behind. The witch's cottage is cozy and strange. The whole house is just one room bathed in the reddish-orange glow of the fire. I can make out the shape of bookshelves, cooking supplies, and some stringed instruments in the shadows, but my attention is drawn toward the figure standing by the fire. She turns toward us and smiles. How can I help you? We'd like you to brew some sedatives for us. What do you need them for? I can only help you if you tell me what you need the sedatives for. We have... A condition. And what is your condition? This information matters if I'm to find exactly what you need. We're... werewolves. Really? Both of you? I nod. I don't break eye contact with the witch, but I can see Edgar fidgeting in my periphery. Uh, I wish I could help you, I do. You won't help us? Not won't. I can't help you. I don't have the right supplies at the moment. I do, however, know a place not too far from here where you could find an even more effective treatment for your afflictions. Where? I will tell you, but first, may I ask you a question? What do you want to know? How did you find yourselves in possession of your lycanthropy? Edgar was bitten 
I was born with it. Ooh, familial lycanthropy. How very peculiar. How old were you when you were bitten? I look down at my boots as she talks to Edgar. The snow melts off them in slow drips. I was, um, 12, ma'am. Yeah, 12. I don't look up. I reach one hand into my coat pocket and wrap my fingers around a sedative, just in case. Oh, no need for such formality. You can call me Zerelda. Yes, ma'am. I mean, Zerelda. Where were you? I'm sorry? I mean to say, what were you doing when you got bitten? Oh, um, uh, I, we had moved to a new house and, um, I was exploring the woods. I turn around just as Edgar begins collapsing to the floor. His body crumples like a ragdoll. I pull the sedative from my pocket and run over to him. My knees slam against the wooden floor. I pry the lid from the sedative vial. Edgar's body convulses, his stomach lifting upwards and his back arching like it's being pulled by invisible puppet strings. I throw the lid of the vial onto the floor and grab his chin tightly in my free hand. He snarls and bites me. His mouth elongates into a snout. I shove the vial past his lips. He swipes at me hard with his claw-like fingernails, knocking me onto my back. I scramble to my feet. Edgar collapses, his animal features fading away. I turn to the witch. What the hell was that? I didn't realize it was so volatile. You have no fucking idea. It's painful and traumatic, and it's hard enough to mitigate it with the sedatives. And now we're down to our last one. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I've only met one other lycanthrope. Just tell me where to find the treatment. Of course. There's a convent not too far from here. One of the nuns is an apothecary there. She makes medicines and elixirs from herbs and berries she finds deep within the forest. She should have something that could suppress the symptoms of your lycanthropy. When you get there, ask for Sister Judith. A convent? Really? I know, but I'd stake my reputation on this. Judith and I are old friends. How do we get there? Right! Zerelda turns away from me and walks to the far corner of the room. She starts digging through a bookshelf, throwing things haphazardly onto the floor. Aha! Uh-huh. Here it is. This is my pigeon. What? It's mechanical. It's designed to direct you to where you need to go, and then, when you're finished, it will fly back to my cottage here. So, we can use your pigeon to take us to Sister Judy? Judith. And yes, but I will need some collateral. You've got to be kidding me. It's how the machine was designed. It's imbued with a protection charm that stops people from taking off with it. You have to leave something behind with me. Uh, okay. Take the empty vial. That won't work. It must be something important to you. We spent the last of our money this morning. We don't have much to give. I could give you my coat. Absolutely not. You won't survive without proper protection from the elements. It's only getting colder out there. I'm not sure you could even make it to the convent without it. Then I've got nothing to give. Not exactly. No. I'm sorry, but it's the only chance you have. You must leave the sedative. No, this is our last one. I know. It's the last barrier we have from completely ruining any chance we have to survive. I know, and I'm sorry. But if you follow my pigeon, make it to the convent, and find Sister Judith, you will have access to all the medicines you could possibly need. We are fucked. So royally fucked. But she's right. It's the only chance we have now. I grab our last sedative from my coat pocket and hand it to the witch. She sets the vial on the floor and places the pigeon in front of it. 
Its head whirs and twitches around like a real bird. It looks down at the vial in front of it and gives it a little peck. The pigeon lets out a mechanical coo and flaps its metal wings. Then it turns and stares at me. She has accepted your offering. All you have to do now is say, Take me to the Sisters of St. Raphael the Archangel! Then when you arrive, just say, Thank you for your service, and it will fly back to me. Got it. But I can't leave until Edgar wakes up. Oh, I can take care of that. Rise and shine, open your eyes, oh my sweet little werewolf. <laughs> the witch's spell wakes Edgar immediately. Wh- what happened? I know where to find the treatment we need. Let's go. Wait, what? I don't wait to explain what's going on. I pick up the pigeon and it coos in my arms. Wh- what the hell is that? Thank you for your help, Zerelda. I run out of the witch's cottage before she can even respond. I place the pigeon in the snow, and it looks up at me, as if waiting for further instruction. Edgar stumbles out the door behind me. What happened in there? Did did I pass out? Take me to the Sisters of St. Raphael the Archangel. The pigeon whirs into the air and darts deeper into the forest. It is much faster than I anticipated. Edgar, we gotta follow that pigeon. What the hell is happening? I take off running through the woods, Edgar following behind. I dig my boots deep into the snow, searching for the black soil beneath to give me some traction. Fifteen minutes later, we arrive in a large clearing. We watch the pigeon land gracefully on a long building at the clearing's center. Stained glass windows break up the brick walls, giving the snow beneath them an iridescent glow. What the hell is that? I think it's the pigeon. Can you make it stop? I was supposed to give a command so it knows it can go home, but I can't remember if it's- Someone's coming out of the convent! Edgar and I stumble behind some bushes at the edge of the clearing. A bewildered nun stands in the doorway of the convent. She looks around from the doorstep, unable to find the source of the noise. She makes her way down the front steps, never turning her attention away from the roof. What is this ungodly racket? You might want to say the thing, Kendra. I think it's- Thank you for your service! The pigeon immediately stops cooing and disappears from the convent roof. Edgar and I duck down behind the bushes. Who's there? You're trespassing on church property, which is not only illegal, but also a venial sin. I'm not talking to her. Nuns freak me out. Fine, I will. I stand up from behind the bushes and nearly stumble backward when I find the nun looming over me. She is very tall and clearly has a lot of practice looking down at people over her long, thin nose. Better than a mortal sin, right? What? You said it was a venial sin, so it's not as serious as a mortal sin. Ah, yes. Most people who visit the Order don't know the difference. But then again, most don't trespass in our bushes or place childish tricks on our roof. I'm very sorry about that. We're actually here to visit a friend of mine. Do you know Sister Judy? Sister Judith? Yes, Judith. We need an apothecary. You keep saying we. Who's we? Edgar slowly and oh-so-awkwardly emerges from the bushes next to me. I don't know if there was ever a chance this nun was going to trust us, but it was definitely not helped by Edgar's uncomfortable introduction. What are you? Drug dealers? Perverts? Oh goodness, you're drug-dealing perverts! No, no, we just need help. Clearly! You stay away from this convent or I will call the authorities! But we're not perverts! Come on, Ed, let's go. As we trudge away from the clearing, the tall nun never takes her eyes off us. Really, Ed? 
We're not perverts. We're not. It doesn't matter, Ed. If she knew what we really were, her reaction would have been way worse. What are we going to do? We can't have many sedatives left, right? Yeah. How many do we have? We're... out. What? We don't have any sedatives left. You were supposed to tell me when we were getting low. When did we run out? Are you kidding me, Edgar? You used three just in the last week. What do you think happened to them? I was under the impression we had quite a bit more than three left. I told you I didn't need any more sedatives. We should have saved them. You transformed back at the cottage, Edgar. I had to use a sedative to calm you down. And that was the last one? You didn't tell me before we visited a goddamn witch that we only had one sedative left? I told you I shouldn't have gone there. It wasn't the last one. We had two. I had to give the last one to the witch so we could use her pigeon. You gave away our last sedative and you didn't even tell me? I didn't tell you because I knew you would freak out. I have been walking on eggshells for you for the last few weeks. I never asked you to walk on eggshells, Kendra. I just wanted to know what the hell is going on. I didn't want to trigger another transformation, Edgar. This winter has been fucking awful. You don't think I know that? It is miserably cold out here. I didn't start traveling with you so you would take care of me, Kendra. I'm not brave like you. I'm not a leader or a badass who comes from a family of werewolves. Honestly, I'm a fucking coward. After I ran away from home, this little voice in my head just kept telling me to trust no one. But when I met you, you were so kind and patient with me and all my weird baggage. That voice in my head started to feel a bit quieter with you around. You've helped me a lot, Kendra. Let me help you. Okay. Really? Yeah, Ed. I trust you. But I need you to trust me, too. Okay. But just to be clear, I'm not ready to be a leader. But if you have a plan, I support you all the way. We need to go back. To the witch? To the convent. So, I love where your head's at. I love it. But I do want to remind you that we just got banished by a nun who accused us of being drug-dealing perverts. I know, but it's our best chance. We'll have to sneak into the convent to find Sister Judith. That's the only way we can make this work. Okay. I've got your back. Thanks. I've got yours, too. We arrive back at the clearing, but don't leave the tree line. The front door is where the scary nun came from, so... Yeah, that's not an option. Do stained glass windows open? I don't think so. They're pretty fragile. Let's check the other side of the convent for possible points of entry. We round the other end of the long building, where we find a pair of large metal doors. We pry them open and find an empty chapel. Dusty wooden pews line the aisle to the altar. Our steps make echoing squishes as we step into the vestibule. With no fire lit, the room is not much warmer than outside. But a break from the wind is nice. Where now? I look around the empty room and spot some doors to the left of the altar. I wave to Edgar to follow me. We creep quietly through the chapel, down the aisle, and past the altar. I open one of the doors, just a crack. I peek out to see a long, empty corridor with the same stained glass windows we saw from the outside. It must connect the chapel to the rest of the convent. I consider exiting the chapel and exploring the hallway, but I notice there's a small area hidden just behind the altar. 
I point in its direction and Edgar nods. The pathway is lined with tables full of old candles and other objects the convent must have used in church services. At the end of the line of tables is a doorway that leads to a spiral staircase. Be careful, Ed. These stairs look old. Edgar nods and we make our way up the stairs. Each step makes a small, inevitable creak, but we do our best to limit them as we climb. (gasps) Until a rotting step breaks out from under Edgar. He's able to grab the next step, but he strains to hold on, and his feet dangle precariously below him. I take some less-than-careful steps back down the staircase to reach out to help him, but he shakes his head. He pulls himself on the next step and stands up. I keep my eyes locked on him for a moment as his breathing returns to normal. Don't worry. I'm good. I got your back. When we reach the top of the stairs, we find a bright green door. It's surprisingly ornate compared to the other ones we've seen. Carvings of vines and flowers weave their way up and down the paneling. I push the door open to find a room filled with rows and rows of green plants. A wall of familiar smells punches me in the face. Mint, lavender, garlic, and cilantro. Hello? The voice seems to be coming from within the plants themselves. Out from behind what looks like a giant green onion walks a particularly small nun. She must be half as tall as Edgar. Her face is pale and she has pointed ears and a large round nose. Excuse me, ma'am? We're looking for Sister Judith. Aye, that's me. How can I help you, dears? A A witch told us we could find you here. We need your help. Oh, Zerelda! How's she doing these days? It's been too long since I've seen her. She's good. I'm sorry to put all of this on you, but my friend Edgar and I need your help. Of course. I hope I can help. Uh, We're lycanthropes. You're what now? Oh, sorry. That's what Zerelda called us. We're werewolves. Go away! The both of ya! Yes, we've been using sedatives to keep ourselves from transforming when we can, but we've run out, and we can't afford to transform in the dead of winter like this, and we have nowhere else to go, and we just- Well, I make an elixir that removes all of those beastly symptoms, and you only have to take it once per cycle of the moon. Have you tested it before? I use it all the time. Wait, are you a werewolf? Of course, you didn't know. I thought that's why Zerelda sent ya. No, she didn't tell us. She just said you could help us. Bless her heart. Probably just trying to protect me in case you were hunters or something. I can make you the elixir in a jiffy. Thank you so much. The tall nun walks in through the green door. I can't imagine how this looks. Two drug-dealing perverts who were banished from church grounds cornering a tiny old nun. Not great. I knew it! I knew you would be back! Sister Sarah, I have it all under control. You don't know the whole story, Sister Judith. These two were hiding in the bushes outside the convent today. They left jests on the roof. You cannot believe a word these criminals say. I am removing them from the premises immediately. Uh, Hey, let go of me. The tall nun grabs Edgar, digging her nails into his arm. I run toward them and try to wrench Edgar from her grasp, but the nun pushes me. My lungs feel like they have been ripped out of my body as I sink toward the floor. I hit the floor and a rush of pain floods the back of my head. I can't move. My stomach launches into the air like it's been pulled by a puppet's string. I feel my face contort. My nails start to grow out from my fingers. I can't think. Need. Escape. Oh god!
cold. Come on, so cold. I'm... I'm okay. I'm... wait. I get up from where I'm lying in the snow. I look down and see Sister Judith. She looks even smaller than before. I told you my elixir works wonders. No beastly symptoms. But I... I look down at my hands. Sharp, black claws extend out from my fur-covered fingers. But I've transformed. Physically, yes. But you are still you in there. You're still in control. And same with your friend. She points past me, and I see the purplish-black mound of fur that must be Edgar. He looks up at me and starts to stumble away in fear. Edgar, stop! We're okay. Sister Judith gave us the elixir. He looks down at his own monstrous form. You'll only stay like this until the full moon passes. But we look terrifying. So will I, soon enough. But you'll come with me when that time comes. What about the tall nun? Sister Sarah. I had to improvise a bit with her. I gave her a mix of sleeping agents that should knock her out for a while. In the meantime, let's get back inside and freeze my arse off out here. We come back inside, carefully stepping over the shattered stained glass. Sister Judith bruises some tea. I offer to help, but find myself useless with my monstrous paws. She tells us that she will take care of Sister Sarah until she wakes up. She'll tell her that she fell down the stairs leading up to her greenhouse, and that everything she saw after she opened the door must have been some sort of dream or hallucination. Then, Sister Judith makes us promise that we never come back to the convent. We reluctantly agree. After we finish our tea, Sister Judith sends Edgar and I off to find the witch's cottage again. She says she will meet us there in a few days when she is transformed. Judith, you're here! Edgar and I are curled up on the rug in front of the fireplace when Sister Judith arrives. She is much bigger in her werewolf form, taller than Zerelda even. Hello, young ones. I want to apologize for the abruptness of our parting, but as you can imagine, I had a lot of mess to clean up before Sister Sarah woke up. Did she believe your hallucination story? I don't know, but I hope it sticks with her. And we still can't come back to the convent? Oh, that's correct. If she sees you again, my story could fall apart at its seams. You need to be the drug-dealing perverts who came around once and never returned. If you play that role, she'll never suspect you of anything else she might have seen. So, we can never get the elixir again? I never said that. A few days before every full moon, we three will meet in this forest, where I will deliver you the elixirs. Then in our changed forms, you'll help me gather herbs and berries. Does that sound like a fair trade? That's more than fair. But where in the forest will we meet? You should all meet here! You're too kind, Zerelda. We cannot possibly impose on you like that. I insist! My girlfriend's gone back home for a few weeks, so especially now, I'm happy to have your company. Then it's settled. We'll meet here. Edgar and I have been on the run for seven months now. And while I've enjoyed Edgar's company, it's nice to know we have a few more people we can count on in our little corner of the woods. Thank you for listening to Werewolves, Nuns, and Magic, the first episode of Tales from Sable Rock Forest. This episode, as well as its soundtrack, were written and edited by me, Ben Tricky. But this episode would not exist without the help of some amazing people. The voice of Kendra was Jordan Flora. The voice of Edgar was Nicholas Clark. The voice of Zerelda was Owen Griffin. The voice of Sister Sarah was Bridget Riley. And the voice of Sister Judith was Lorna Hurt. 
I would also like to give a special thanks to Adri Gordy. Her support in my creative projects mean the world to me, and I love her very much. If you liked this episode, you can follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope to come out with a second episode sometime in the next few months. But until then, thank you for listening to Tales from Sable Rock Forest.